follow us on social media. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the Tag Team Podcast. On Twitter, at Tag Team Podcast. On Google Plus, the Tag Team Podcast. Email us, at the Tag Team Podcast at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail on the tagline. 6016544 tag that's 6016544824 you can also listen on soundcloud by searching the tag team podcast you're listening to the tag team podcast the podcast that is a wwe network companion currently covering 1984 wwf tuesday night titans and now here are your tag team podcast host jeff jones and john burke Hola. I'm John Burke. Buenos dias, Jeff Joe. What is going on, man? What a day. It's our first game cheerleading for football. Can't believe they're starting this early. Yeah, I can't believe they're starting the daytime. <laughs> You'd think they would start back when schools start back, like the real football for high school and stuff like that starts, but I don't know. I guess get them early. I don't know. I'm not a sports person. I just know that the quarters went in full quarters and the clock stopped and the guy put more time back on the clock. I'm like, you can't do that. <laughs> That's bull****. Did you throw your flag? I'm ready to go. <laughs> I had a can. <laughs> it seems like the referee kind of has the power of the whole play. So I think as long as they agree, if they vote, one guy led the other guy along. You could tell one was younger and the other guy was older. And the younger guy was like, oh, you agree? Okay, I'm going to throw my hands in the air and tomahawk chops and I'm going to travel. And I don't know. I got him confused with basketball. I was like, oh, look, he's traveling. Now it's false start. What? Same thing, right? No. Okay. Good thing your kids aren't out there actually playing the football. You're like, dribble it. You have to dribble. No, no, no. I'm not that. I'm not that parent that's like, oh, look at my son. <laughs> and the parent's like, all right, somebody bring beer. <laughs> We're going to enjoy. And I have to tell you, there's a kid that didn't play because we got there early because practice, because they don't practice enough through the week. So I got to watch the game before the youngins went to cheer for the other team. There's this kid named Hayden. And that's all you heard was, Hayden goats hit him defense sometime like that this child must get beat for them just to <laughs> yell like that oh that's all it was Woo! go Hayden the, the intercom guy didn't mention his name once like are you at the right game <laughs> <laughs> I think your game's coming up next, ma'am. Pass one beer over while you're at it, too. You're not even in the right stadium. All in all, I think I got some nasty nachos and cheese. I got a good hot dog, a nasty sunburn, and that's it. I think I evened out. Cool. Well, welcome to sports. No. Glad to have you aboard. No. We'll be talking sports in no time. No, I'm slipping out the back door. I just let me know when it's over. <laughs> as soon as the fourth quarter was five seconds in, I'm going to get the van and crank it up. You just let me know when you're done. I was like, oh, the traffic. <laughs> It's going to be horrible when I look and there was three cars. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, this ain't going to be bad at all. I did that for nothing. We all carpool. Yeah, that's the best thing they could have done. <laughs> it's great. Other than that, I got back home, fixed some food, and pretty much sat in a recliner all day. Cool, cool. Trying to heal from the sunburns and everything else. So next couple games are night games. They started at five. This one started at one. The dead heat of the sun. I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't planned. I wasn't prepared. So that moving forward, I'm getting one of those little pop-up gazebo thing that you get. And I'm going to put my chair there and I'll start charging for seating under my little pop-up gazebo until I get it paid off. Then once I get it paid off, I'm going to tell everybody to f*** off. <laughs> it's mine. I see future tag team podcast bumper stickers on sale, t-shirts, foam fingers. I'm going to print the logo on the gazebo thing, canopy. <laughs> 
Yeah, I've seen some little single ones too at Big Lots and Walmart. They got a little just for fishing. People who fish just got that little thing that goes over you. Uh-huh. I was like, that's exactly what I need because they're they're cheering. So I'm like, well, I'll just stay over here. They don't move. I don't have to move. It works out. It's great. Football, I have to get up and move my chair because they move from one side of the field into the other pretty quick for as little as they are. Let's get you off card. What really kind of threw me off is that I know it's Little League, so they're not expected to punt the ball, really. The referee picked it up and walked 20 yards and put it down and said, they punted. I was like, no. The fat guy yelling at the kids, he needs to punt it for the team opposite because he's got too much testosterone because he's just going nuts what are you doing get on the line i'm like they're 12 they're having fun what they're doing douche i don't understand they need to get him out there and have him kick the ball to the other team then they can actually pick it up and they can do like a special special teams thing there you go and run it back you know yeah. i thought that's that's instead of just yelling at him why don't you get in there with him and show him how it's done but i just figure they were just old men that are just angry at their wives and hate their lives so they just go yell at kids bunch of david schultz's i did get a picture i'm gonna send it to you right now now that i think about it i've never seen this done before and you'll have to let me know if this is something this is normal because <laughs> you're the expert it's like a jerry dusky <laughs> type thing or something <laughs> no, no 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 nothing scandalous yet <laughs> So I was watching them. It's hot out there. It was hot today. It was probably hotter than me, hotter than 98.6 degrees for sure. <laughs> and I was looking and I noticed that they had a bug sprayer, a little sprayer with a wand. Okay. Yeah, that's what I said. Was it Agent Orange? I heard Jesse say that's not good stuff. No, no. It looked clear from what I could tell. I'm trying to find the right picture to send to you here. TDT has also been outlawed. Yeah, seven dust has too. Trying to get some. But anyways, so I'll assume it's full of water. I'm going to send you both because I don't remember which one. So I see him spraying the football players with the weed killer. One gallon, probably a 10 gallon, as big as that thing is. I just sent it to you. But I should have got a video. I should have went down in the field right beside him, along with the water boy, and just started videoing. Be like, I'm from Inside Edition. Let me see what's going on. But he just takes the wand and just starts spraying them with this big thing of weed killer. It's probably water. And I looked, I said, what the hell is going on? I understand the water with the fan. You can't afford that at that level. Anybody buy a fan. Well, <laughs> seriously, run a drop cord, get some double A batteries. Come on. They just started spraying the back of their heads and their uniform. I took his ass down. He just sprayed me. I was like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> But I had to stay back in the bleachers. I didn't want to get sprayed. So that was my adventure out. It was my day. Could have been better. That is an interesting contraption. I just wondered who figured that out. They spray on their lawn and just sprayed their face. Like, hmm, this could work. I've never coached football, so I don't know too much about all the gear. I've refed it once. Well, actually, one day it was like three games, but that didn't go too well. This wasn't a coach idea. There's no way. What was the sports league, you know? Does one not have anything to do with the other? Middle school football. How just middle school football? football so they start before school starts right. yeah. whatever who am i to judge yeah the day before they've been practicing all summer supposedly two a days i don't think they can do those anymore i didn't ask anything when they started spraying them with the little poison sprayer i just stopped asking <laughs> questions i had no more questions for the match <laughs> like all my answers are right there liquid steroids that's right it's just a plant feeder and that hey maybe they got some python powder mixed into that maybe that's why they won <laughs> they won 27 to nothing so that does sound like they need to do testing after the games they're gonna grab one of the coaches like i don't know what you put in that water would you spray them cheerleaders they're gonna come after you <laughs> lawsuit waiting to happen telling you nothing much water i don't care it's in a poison bottle how do i know <laughs> again that was my day i'm glad it's over
Yeah, it's not fun, this type of heat. A little less heat about two weeks ago, high of 80, maybe 70s, and yeah, now we're back to summer. No way. Maybe we'll get some hurricane stuff in uh, September that'll bring some cooler air this way. Yeah, I'm good with just the sun kind of goes away and kind of fades away at 5 o'clock and everything starts cooling down. (laughs) The natural order of things. I don't necessarily need a typhoon coming through washing out my car and my flowers and my grass (laughs) to cool down. Yeah, we've had a couple of bad rains here lately as well. Maybe the rain gods will take their sprayer and just spray us full down. Maybe they got one of those little pump things. Maybe. Did you do anything interesting? Anything at all? Do anything? No. I had some misfortunes happen to me, but I didn't do anything interesting. Had a tire go out on the way to work on Friday. That was fun. Five miles from destination. <laughs> so was that lefty, righty? It was back right. Okay. Passenger side. Yeah. Was that cruise control going 70 and... No, I don't drive that fast. I'm a gas conservative, even though I have a hybrid. Oh, okay. So you just had the slow, oh, going down and just kind of pull over. The tire light came on, like, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes in. I'm like, okay, low tire pressure. I got it. I thought maybe it'd do something a little more drastic if it got really bad. And I checked it and it was like 12. I'm like, shoot. <laughs> and then, yeah, I tried to make it just a little bit further to the exit. Then, boop. I'm like, okay. Okay, well, this is where we're stopping then. Touche, car. Touche. Yeah. So I had to wait for a tow truck. Oh. Guy was, was there about 49 minutes to an hour after I actually had been there. But I didn't pay for it because of the package that I got with my car. So that part was nice. And then I had a whole thing with the dealership. Don't don't trust Google is all I can say on that. And don't name your business Classic because there's more <laughs> than one in the whole United States. And Google did not bring up the one close. Well, other story, right? Right there, but eventually, yeah, I got it taken care of and out about $114 for one tire. I guess it's not too bad. Oh man, I'd have called out right then and there. <laughs> Automatic, boom, hour and a half late for work. Like I said, I was five miles from work. <laughs> If maybe if it happens five miles from home, yeah, but since I was that close, I'm like, the hell cat gonna do until the dealership opens, so might as well work. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that was my Friday. Never had one do that much damage. Usually I've just had a flat or something, just fixed it or repaired it until I can get it to a shop. But yeah, I never had street strandation before on a tire, so first time for everything, I guess. Especially out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it was pretty close. It could have been in worse areas. But yeah, it was pretty close to nowhere. That curve in between where there's no signal and yeah. no moonlight. Yeah, that's a scary area. That's for sure. It's the West Virginia roads. Previously on the Tag Team Podcast. Episode 16, December 4th, 1984. We start with Vince, Lord Alfred Hayes, and Amy McMullen at the stationery shop. This is the St. Clair stationery shop. And we learn the invitation list of who's going to attend the wedding. And then next they cut to an interview with Roddy Piper and Piper's Pit with Jimmy Snuka and the infamous slap heard around the studio. We go back to Vince and Lord Alfred Hayes at the florist shop where they are looking at Alfred Hayes' stunningly bouquet of flowers. We move in with Mr. Fuji and the Japanese way of eating. After then, we run with Vince McMahon on the street where he asks fans about Bashan and the wedding bride. There we go to 
an interview with Adrian Adonis and Dick Murdoch. And this is where we find Adrian in New York. And Dick finally finds Adrian. They ride off into the sunset on a motorcycle. And then after that, we go to the jewelry shop where we see the infamous potato skin. His favorite, what we've learned, <laughs> bronzed in gold. After that, we go to interview with Sergeant Slaughter and his awesome Cobra Corps again. And for that, we go back to Vince live on the streets. And he talks about how Sean is a mean hombre and his wife better be tough. And from there, we go back into the bakery where we see the cake and we wonder what the cake is made of. Geese eggs, by the way. After that, we have an interview with Hulk Hogan. And he does a quick segment training Mean Gene for their tag team match. From there, we head to the men's warehouse where they get fitted for sports jackets. And then they cut to a scene with Andre the Giant doing the, his famous interview with the boot. And also his famous song. And then from there, we head back to the streets again, live on location. And they ask fans about Vashon, his weight, and the woman that he's going to get married to. From there, we go back to the bridal shop. I think it's all on the same road, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's the same sidewalk. They just kind of dart in and out. We go into the bridal shop, and from there, we go into an interview with Chief Strongbow, Adrian Adonis, and Murdoch. We know how well that turns out. And from there, we go to Bob Orton versus Pat Patterson. Then we go to the bridal challenge payoff. From there, we hit the travel agency where we have the uncomfortable travel agent, and we see the interview with Iron Sheik and his Claude as his friend. And we close the show with Vince, Lord Alfred Hayes, and Amy McMullen at the bridal shop. That sets us up for December 18th, 1984, episode 17. Did not find it on YouTube. I found some clips. I guess if you search for WWF weddings, you might find some clips that are available. But I don't think the whole show is actually out there. No, I couldn't find anything. Little short snippets. Yeah. But nothing great. Perception stuff. That's what I found. The important stuff. Yeah, the meat and potatoes of this episode. Still not too many matches, but more than last week's, which is not saying much. So, nine ninety nine, yeah. folks, if you have the money, watch it. That's about the only way you're going to find it on this episode. Hi, I am Bosley, and I am here with Hulk Hogan. Hulk, thanks for being part of this promo for the new Tag Team Podcast Shop campaign. Sure, no problem. For each shirt or item sold, a portion goes to the Tag Team Podcast to help fund the web bandwidth cost. We have shirts starting at $24.49. Wow, that's unbelievable. If you sold all those shirts, where's my percentage? Hulk, you don't get a percentage. Some of the money goes to the Tag Team Podcast since they are their shirts. Those are my shirts. I've got a right to sell them. Do you want to cash me outside how about that? That's not what I want. Look, man, I made a mistake. I apologize. I was a real horse's ass. That's what I thought. To visit the Tag Team Pod Shop, go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash the Tag Team Pod Shop, all one word, or click on the link in the description of this podcast or on the side of the web page. Do it, brother. I guess I blew that one. It's okay, Hulk. Our listening audience are used to it. That's for damn sure. We had a very ugly incident. He's all right. He's just sleeping. Sleeping indeed. <laughs> We have incident number four for episode number 17, and it involves my all-time favorite wrestler, Dr. D. 
David Schultz. In December 28th of 1984, an ABC News reporter, John Stossel, did a 2020 piece trying to expose wrestling for being fake. Of course, we all know that in fact it is predetermined, but at that time it was a very less known fact, and it was being debated over whether it was or not. And back in the day, the wrestlers protected the business. It was their religion. It was how they fed their families. That was it. That's all they had. So, of course, they protected everything as if you were going to take their <laughs> their job away from them. If, if it's exposed how it really was, that was the game. And not to get too much into detail into this incident, some repercussions of the incident were a lawsuit by Stossel, which resulted in a $425,000 settlement outside of the courts and also the eventual release of Mr. Schultz from the WWF. And after, of course, Schultz laid claim that Vince actually told Schultz to hit the reporter. Now, pretty much what happened was they were doing the interview and John Stossel said, I think it's fake. So David Schultz proceeded to show him what an open hand slap was one side of the head. John got up and he smacked the other side of his head. He dug off running down the hall. Now, after this podcast released, there will be several links to the actual incident in David Schultz's words. And I couldn't find anything where Stossel speaks directly to somebody about the incident. The closest thing I could find was a Maury Povich, You're Not the Father show where he actually went on there. The reason I picked that one because in the Schultz shoot interview, he actually speaks of John going on TV on Maury directly and speaking out about the event. So I thought that would be good as, okay, listen to this and then listen to this. And also, I may provide other links of other wrestlers and other people speaking about it as well. And then you can make your decision whether you thought that the slap was justified or was it something that didn't really need to happen that they could have been maybe handled in a different way or Vince could have picked somebody else to give the interview because we all know Vince pulls the strings and he says what goes. He gives the okay before anything happens, before any presses in any room, before anybody's allowed in. He gives the final okay. I do encourage y'all to read and listen and give me some feedback. What you think happened and whose side are you on? Can you give me one spoiler? Is John Stossel the father? I can't tell you that. Damn. Okay, fair enough. I'll go there and read then. When you tell me the Chief Strongbow fact that you don't want to tell me, I'll let you know who the father was. I'm sure Chief will come up between now and then. I'll let you know who the father was if you don't find out between them. Good stuff. You got some links up there for a bunch of different stuff. Some of them are longer than others, so choose and pick your poison or go through all the stories and yeah, let us know what you think. We're going to do some recapping of episode 17, December 18th, 1984. Yeah, man, let's get hitched. December 18th. 1984. We are actually with Vince and Lord Alfred, but once again, no opening joke, so that didn't really do anything for this week either. It was more of a serious matter. Yeah, totally serious. <laughs> we are back, though, with the World Wedding Federation, and we're going with Paul Vachon's wedding ceremony from all the stuff that led up to it last week. Go Paul Vachon. We get introduced to the guests, some of the fabricated ones, the pop culture ones, apparently were not able to attend, but were invited, so they still mentioned them anyway. We'll have to watch the episode to see that list, because I don't write down stuff that doesn't happen. Yeah, we kind of knew that wasn't going to happen. But I did like the Fink speech that he gave as his first announcement. Yes. Did you catch that? It was the opening thing that he would give for a live event, probably at any arena. Don't throw stuff. Don't smoke. 
don't charge the ring, all that good stuff, or you will be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. And I really think he was looking at Lou the whole time. Yeah, a lot of people could have got prosecuted on this episode. Oh, yeah. So, Jap, to catch a rundown of all the attendees. I did, actually. Well, not like I got all of them, but I got most of the ones that were sitting up front making noise. We definitely got them. <laughs> uh, by the front couple seats, see the Wild Samoans. And we do see the Tunga Kid as well. He's there. Freddie Blassie, of course. Blassie Blassie. We see Captain Lou. Can't miss him. Jesse the Body's back there in the back. Jose Rivera's there. Mr. and Mrs. Executioner, which I do have a gift of those. Two lovable people. <laughs> and of course, big old Dr. D. David Schultz. And then playing roles in the actual wedding, we got Mad Dog Vashon. He's the best man. And of course, for his brother, Paul, the maid of honors, fabulous Mula. And then we have, as Vince would call them, the midget. Diamond Lil's the flower girl, which we hadn't seen because she's a very rare woman and midget. So it's events that like blows his mind. And then we have Sky Low Low, who we've never seen in action either on TNT. And he's the ring bearer. And then last, giving away the bride, Ophelia, is George the Animal Steel. Good choice. And this whole wedding thing is 18 minutes and 16 seconds long. I like the way it started, though. I did like everybody got to the ring semi-safely. I think chaos started with the flower girl, and I think the flower girl was harassing Jesse the Body Ventura with the flowers. I think he took that as a personal insult, and so he had to show her who the boss was and took her flowers and smashed them on the ground. And Yeah, I think he was allergic and was offended by her trying to set off his allergies. And I think that he heard that she was from North Carolina and him being West Coast. There's that gang, that war. East Coast, West Coast. I think that's what it was. Definitely. <laughs> did have a preacher who was named Lipschitz. And I want to say, but I could be dead wrong. I was trying to picture him with some old man makeup on. And maybe that was the oldest wrestling fan. I don't know. I just can't picture them having so many people on staff and not reusing them. The voice matches. Don't we'll say. Yeah. It, it matched to a T. We can do some research and see who played Lipschitz. Maybe we'll get a name off that and be able to backtrack it and see if we can find anything else on this dude. We'll put Jay on it. Yep, exactly. Or somebody. I don't even know if he's still here. I haven't seen him in a while. He's probably looking for those encyclopedias we've thrown out. What if he just keeps circling in the back? Like, we need to go check on him, actually. <laughs> After this podcast, I'm going to go check the back. Okay, man. <laughs> so the preacher was obviously in on this because I noticed two stumbles on his part where he called a field of Betty. And I'm pretty sure Betty was in the episode with Andre the Giant holding his mic so he could sing. So I'm pretty sure they're re- recasting people in other roles. Do you happen to catch that as well? I did catch the Betty. I couldn't put who that was exactly, but yeah, I did catch that. Yeah, I just had Betty and I'm like, I'm pretty sure... When Andre asked for the mic, he said, is Betty here? So I think it's how many Bettys could they possibly have in Baltimore and Video One Studios. But here's the first time. Uh, Betty, I've got Ophelia. He catches himself at least there. Betty, I mean Ophelia. Second time, no one says anything. I guess at this time he's just like, I give up or he was totally forgetting everything. Here's the second time. For as much as Betty and Paul have consented together in wedlock. So I'm afraid this marriage is not real. It was a fake because, yeah. Betty married Paul, not Ophelia. And if she didn't use a real name, they're not married. 
better luck next time, Paul. Wife number seven. I don't know if he's an ordained minister to do the wedding. So, you know where the problem really started? I think I really stopped believing that this was real. When Freddie Blassie clocked old Ski Lolo right in the back of the head when he was bringing the ring by. Yes, that was the power of the cane. He just reached out and totally annihilated him from that tiny oh, yeah. tap. We will have a gif of that as well. I laughed for 10 minutes watching it. <laughs> I may be easily amused, but that that was just funny to me. Yeah, it was definitely between that and then she has a green tongue, so she must be related to George the Animal Steel. Oh, definitely. It's like, uh, I've had green tongues before. I don't claim that he's part of my family tree. But have you and a female part of your family ever had green tongues get together? Hmm, I think there's too big of an age gap for me and my sister to have green tongues so i don't i don't think so okay like we've had the same green candy at the same time moving on so after the green tongue they must be related we have lou charging the ring as he shouldn't saying you know you've been married five or six times this bride's a virgin you can't be doing that to her and paul steps in immediately and clears up the misunderstanding that hey she's not a virgin she's good and then lou gives the the lou albano okay she's good and backs up to, to the turnbuckle and says all right play ball go ahead go for yeah and then this whole time george the animal steals like starting to eat stuff and do his george the animal steal stuff pretty much start knocking over stuff i did see that she was carrying alfred's design for flowers so good continuity there but i didn't see her noticed that if Paul was carrying the other mushroom thing. Paul couldn't get his jacket on get into the ring. I didn't really expect him to carry. <laughs> I didn't expect him to really get anything. <laughs> I was like he got a ring with a jacket on. <laughs> Yeah, he did. George walked in, started eating the whole set of candles, started smashing stuff as they were giving the vows. He missed his cue to, who gives away the bride? He's over chewing on the turnbuckle <laughs> to get him some medicine. We're over here now, George. So it pretty much ends how most WWE, WWF weddings end in some kind of melee. Got people charging the ring, Dr. D coming in, body slamming, Paul Vachon. I'll put up a screen cap of that. And yeah, it was, they got married, though. Well, at least they had a reception, so... I guess they got enough done to say they got married on TV. Yeah. I'm just glad that Tula and some other audience members was able to grab the bride and take her out of the melee before she got slammed. Yeah. Did you notice Freddie Blassie right when they were going to commercial? He was unzipping his pants. <laughs> stuck his hand through his zipper just like right as he got finally got him unzipped because he like stopped towards the end of the camera where he was almost off camera and got him all the way unzipped and then put his hand through there and then it fades out to tnt oh freddy man can we just safely blame that on dementia yeah we okay. need to blame it on something <laughs> We definitely got to see a lot of inside stuff on this episode, how wrestlers probably really act. No pun intended with the hand in the pants. And <laughs> I noticed behind Fred Blassie sits a referee. Is this the infamous twin brother referee? Yes, I don't know which Hepner we're looking at, but I would go to say it was Dave just because of the whole Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant thing. That was, they would always say it was Dave Hepner, so I'm guessing this was Dave. Not sure where Earl was at the time. Maybe another promotion, maybe also there, just not known, so they didn't put him on there. I mean, technically on TNT, we hadn't seen either one of them actually ref a match, so maybe they had other jobs at the time. 
time. They weren't quite at the ref level. They were working their way to it. But yeah, Dave somehow did make it on camera. No, I was watching as I was watching back the Freddy. I think I was going to take my belt off to smack somebody and ended up dancing your pants. And you turn around and oh, he looks familiar since he still has his referee uniform on. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. He didn't make it his way to the reception, so I'm not sure what aisle he was there for. But, yep, that was a Hepner, and I'm going with Dave. All right. I support your comment there. So, next up, after the ring's been trashed, and they get everybody out of there at the reception, except for Lord Alfred, Jesse, and Vince McMahon, they do a little one-on-one interview with Jesse, and he goes in to talk about he's back from his injury that he had, and he's in the best shape that he's ever been. And the body's back in shape now. And the body's ready. So the body's back in shape and the body's ready. And he also says that Cindy Lauper inspired his new hair color and her hairdresser. And I got a screen cap of that wonderful concoction. So if anyone wants to check that out. Then they talk a little bit about the last opponent that Jesse was facing. And that would be Ivan Paduski, as Jesse likes to call him. Or Putski, as the rest of the WWF calls him. Well, let me tell you something. You say under becoming Jack McMahon. You say unbecoming. Ivan Paduski cheated in that arm wrestling. He cheated. He was greased up. I couldn't hold his hand. And the man cheated in the arm wrestling. So I took matters into my own hands, which Jesse the body does quite frequently. I don't need no rules. I don't need no Ivan Paduski. I don't need no referee. And you will see I'll gain my sweet revenge on Paduski for what he's doing to me, embarrassing me, attacking me, and not fighting by the rules of professional wrestling. That's the first wrestling rule was were no rules look jack (laughs) (laughs) to my knowledge this was maybe possibly the first time we get jesse on commentary they show a previous match and whoever the announcers were maybe they actually didn't have any for this they let vince and jesse just roll on it we're watching jesse versus ivan with them commentating on the match which i believe this one we didn't get a a winner as we didn't on the last the winner was we don't know that was the winner as always yeah they didn't want to put him i guess down if he lost which i'm guessing he did he's like oh he's back best shape ever and he loses to ivan so they just yeah there was no winner shown on this but he did say that during the match he had an excedrin 23 but as paduski was smashing his head on the apron yep and paduski was pulling his hair a lot oh definitely. so i had to do it a couple times just to teach him and show him that he shouldn't do that shouldn't pull hair shouldn't throw stones live in glass houses exactly kind of thing in the paduski match we do have an other gif in there and it's when ivan throws jesse into the turnbuckle there's like a half second delay when he hits the turnbuckle and jesse falls back even harder like he got slammed in there but yeah it's pretty funny even funnier if you watch the actual video which happens at the 2342 mark it only lasts about three seconds or so it was an explosive irish whip a little lag just a little bit yes with delay action we come back to jesse and he's asking about taxes and if vince pays taxes and i think we get the first taste of what we know of jesse Ventura today. Conspiracies. Because I'll tell you what caused what happened to the body. I had blood clots in my lungs. Do you know where I got them from? Proven fact now. Agent Orange. For when I was in Vietnam. 
So I'm suing the U.S. government. I'm suing Ronald Reagan. I'm suing you, Jack McMahon. I'm suing the United States of America for what's been done to me and for all the money it's cost me. Madison right. Square Gardens, right, Philadelphia Spectrum. So that's probably why Ronald didn't come to the wedding. He's under litigation from Jesse. Little trivia. When Vince McMahon first started, he didn't pay taxes to the government. He took the money and bought more territory. Might have been why Jesse was asking. You paying taxes now? Of course, Vince has no comment. <laughs> <laughs> of course I'm paying taxes. I always pay taxes. What do you mean? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Let's go to commercial. Next up, we have the Wild Samoans, and they took those poor boys from Eaton, and they weren't too happy about it. Or at least they were going to tell you, we want to eat, we're hungry. And I believe Vince brings up the fish that they cooked. Speaking of eating, and Alfred says, <laughs> I was stuck with him for two months afterwards. Yeah, the Samoans quote, because only one speaks English, apparently. This is a direct quote. We have many, many fun. Eat the food. Very nice. Thank you. Just two happy go lucky boys. Yes. So from there, we go to a match, and I wish this had a backstory, because last we left their tag team opponents, they were not doing too well with each other. I'm thinking it was the same match. No, it wasn't, but oh. it definitely was uh, the same type of feud. Might have been the same t led up to the one that we watched, but oh, okay. there was no Fuji leaving the ring after it happened. We actually saw a clean win. That's the only thing that made the difference as far as the opponents go. But it's Wild Smolens versus Fuji and Chunger, as Gorilla Monsoon calls him, a.k.a. Tiger <laughs> Chung Lee. And the Oriental Monster. Yes, and the Oriental Monster. Joining Gorilla Monsoon on commentary is Red Baron. I did like the beginning, the classical chase the bad guys out of the ring, then they come back in and chase them out again, the start of the match. It was a fun match. I enjoyed it, mostly for probably reasons unintended, but I did notice some special effects. I don't know if you noticed those special effects as well or not. I did not see the special effects. I don't see how you missed them, but it's possible. They weren't as known as always, but... But they had some special effects on this match. Made it kind of look like a hardcore match, if you will. I will have some screen caps out there to help know what I'm talking about. But apparently on at least one camera, every time they went to it, it had screen issues where it had permanent red dots on there. So anytime they went to it, it kind of looked like huh? <laughs> guys were juicing or something if it was on their skin. Oh, but wow. sometimes it, it was on the camera lens. I mean depending on where the camera was at you could see more red dots than others but yeah they had red dots that i was following throughout the match so you're saying it looked like red blood cells yeah especially when it was on tiger chung lee's arm at one point it looks like he got cut like three times Ugh. most of the time it was like on the rope you couldn't really see it because the rope's red the dots red but on certain areas when they'd go out to the audience or something you could see some extra ones i think i counted a total of like seven dots at one time so i was having fun with that then Captain Lou comes out and distracts. I guess we'll get into it a little bit later, but I guess they're trying to do something with him now that he's, I don't know, got more recognition. They kind of realize, oh, we can't really go where we wanted to go with him or we got to fix this. So I did see twice where Fuji wasn't too happy with the Chunger and turns on him, but they continue and press on like a good tag team. Just a little disagreement. Well, a little talking never really hurt. That's going to happen. Sometimes you have to let your fists do the talking. Yes. No SD Jones in there. So. <laughs> 
Yeah, they did tag each other, at least. Even after that, they still tagged each other. Man, SD. It's all or nothing, but if I lose, it's their fault. We did get to see some famous Samoan headbutts at the 32-second mark. Mr. Chunger hits Fuji off the apron at one point when Alpha ducks out of the way. So that was one mishap, but that wasn't on Chunger as much as Alpha was smart to get out of the way. But inevitably, they end up losing and the Wild Samoans end up winning with a headbutt. Best way to seal the deal, the Moan Skulls. With the Samoan, it is. Yep. Don't get no better now. We go back with the Samoans, and they're still hungry. Oh, yeah. Alpha says that nothing has happened to them, even though people keep asking what's happened to the Samoans. Everybody's just afraid of them. They don't understand why people are afraid of them. And he just wants to make money, beat people up, go home and be happy with his children, which we all know are Roman Reigns and the departed Rosie. I mean, that's pretty obtainable goals. They seem to be pretty logical. Not asking for the sky. No. It's pretty gutsy, though, to be asking for time off right in front of your boss hmm. on live television. What's he going to say no? That's perfect. <laughs> She's going to say, go eat some food. Get out of here. There's your time off. Go party. That's it. After that, we have interview, it looks like, with Mr. Lou Albana. And this is what I was relating to earlier. Looks like they're trying to turn him to a better person, even though the reception wouldn't show that. But he's supposed to be a little bit more lovable now because, according to him... The causes you're associated with is MS. Can you tell us a little something about that? Vince McMahon, I was asked by the MS people and the Robert Gersh uh, from White Plains and... The, the commander, the admiral, to get behind this most ugly disease. And I said, I know about multiple sclerosis, and I know about ugliness. My interpretation of ugliness is a face like Captain Lou Albano with over 700 stitches on, with my eyes almost lacerations over my eyes, nose cartridge busted, uh, yes, yeah, you can say earrings in my face. I am ugly personified. When I get up in the morning, Vince, it takes me 20 minutes to brush my teeth. So I know about being ugly, and the capture for this this is let's wipe out ugliness with fat old ugly Luel battle. So he's harping on himself now and seems like he's the MS spokesperson, so not a good idea to have this guy hated by people anymore. Yeah, no, definitely not. He's got to be a lovable character. Yep, and thus the realignment with the Samoans and him cracking on himself, unlike two episodes ago when he was cracking on everybody else. And from there, we head to the final slash best part of the skit, the reception. With the opening of gifts to start us off. I love the gifts. As John said, we will have pictures of all the gifts in case you can't use the imagination. We will have some picture aids for you, of course. And we have a gift from Lou Albano, of course, the sweetheart that he is. He gives him rubber bands because he's a rubber band man. <laughs> I didn't catch the exact reason why he gave him rubber bands. I don't think they knew what the gifts were. It seemed like it all come up there after being coerced to come up there, mostly by the Fink, but probably the producer. Yeah. And they're like, what? oh yeah, rubber bands, yeah, yeah. This is a little extras rubber bands. What do we do with them? I just put them on the table and they forget to take them back. <laughs> yeah. For what happened. And then our next gift is from Jesse the Body Ventura and he leaves a note in there saying, To the bride, the body you ain't got, but color your hair like mine. And he says, To the groom, polish your head. And there's some hair color and some polish for the head. And the next one is from Freddie Blassie and he puts glasses in there and he writes on the card, Next time you choose a husband, use these glasses and make sure next time you get a better ring and make sure there's real diamonds 
diamonds in those rings. And of course, Freddy being Freddy compares his pinky rings to the wedding ring and starts examining the rings to make sure the diamonds were real. Pinky ring is back. And proceeds to call Paul Vachon cheap and that he has more money than that. He should do his wife better than that. The next gift we have is from the fabulous Moolah. And she says, you could do a lot better by using my beauty secrets. And when they open the box and they see there is a wealth of beauty products by Moolah. And she also tries to steal the husband. Including Suave Shampoo. Really expensive dollar store shampoo. It's beauty by Moolah. Yeah, it's the only kissing going on. Even uh, Paul and Betty just hugged each other at the wedding. Unusual. You mean uh, Ola? Yeah, Betty. Betty, you may now hug the bride. Everybody else was kissing her and he didn't get a chance. Last time he got close <laughs> to her, everybody started body slamming him. Freddy got a kiss in. Of course he did. <laughs> Our next gift. We don't know. <laughs> this gift was a too hot for TV gift, so they refused to show it. Yeah, we'll have to let our imaginations run wild because there's no telling. We have theories, but you'd have to write to the tag team podcast at gmail.com to get this definitely very uncensored reply you put a nice little post stamp on it we'll put a picture <laughs> there you go eight by ten glossies <laughs> hd printer i may print out one and last but not least what i noticed is david schultz enters the area and starts inspecting the gifts and vince mcmahon comes over there and he tells vince to bugger off i bought him something <laughs> which we probably know where the too hot for tv gift come from <laughs> It's the only one we couldn't match up with the person. They never even said who it was from. And he wasn't even mentioned. Nope, was not. I think that's where the anger started building up. Probably so. Next up, Vince asks Paul, and wouldn't your wife want to see you in action? And then we go to a match with Junkyard Dog versus Paul Vachon. Now, this is the second time, maybe third, that we've had a guest on the TNT show where they lose the match while they're being interviewed or while they are in the spotlight. Paul Vachon now has the new record. I believe so. Maybe get bonus points for losing on his wedding. Wouldn't your new bride like to see you lose? Which we don't know who watched him, actually. If anybody watched it. But yeah, it was one from previous episodes, it looked like. And we know what's going to happen already. Yeah, it's the exact same match word for word start to finish no jib episode 13 october 30th and uh, screen caps both and if you want surround sound you can open two wwe network windows in your browser and play them at the same time fancy it's pretty effed up vince show the same damn thing on television on his wedding day yeah you don't have any footage of this guy ever winning a match come on man anything i think i knew it was the same match when he said he got a mouth of alpo i was like yep that's the same match Started spot checking the audience. I remembered red shirt out there. What the uh, heck? But yeah, it's not cool. Just show the same match again. Especially losing. Yeah, especially losing. And to plug ourselves, if you want to go and hear our thoughts on the match, go listen to episode 13 of the Tag Team Podcast, and we'll review the match for you. Other than that, thoughts are the same the first time I saw it. I didn't feel any different. I felt a little disappointed, but yeah, same. As yeah, first. it was pretty low to set the guy up for another loss. Mm-hmm. On his wedding day. Exactly. Back to the reception, it's toast time. Time for everyone to give a toast. And of course, they want to start with the people that can't speak a lick of... Anything. Yeah, really. Can't speak a lick of sentence structure whatsoever. So, who's that? Let's go to George Animal Steel. And we have to wait for it. Wait for it. And then he says Pumpernickel. Awesome. It's the same waiting 
as you go into the bathroom and you got to do a number two and you end up just letting hot air out. That's <laughs> how disappointed I was anyway with that toast. Yes, but it does give me a chance to bring up the sponsors for this wedding. That would be Horse Diet Coke, Pepsi, and 7-Up. Did you catch any other sponsors? <laughs> no, I'm glad you called them because I didn't even catch drinks that they were drinking. Yeah, most of the wrestlers had Coors who had his standard Diet Coke that he seems to have every time he's around TNT, but he just did that for the interview prior to the reception. And Pepsi was used by Dr. D. He had a 2-liter at one point, and 7-Up was on the table. Never saw anyone actually use it, but I imagine they probably did towards the end. Oh, yeah. You gotta love 1984. You don't have to pay for any of that. Don't have to turn it not facing the camera. Just labels flying everywhere. Yep. Don't have to pay to advertise their product. Nope. Next up, let's go to the other people that can't talk. Let's go to the Samoans. And they babble something in Samoan. And then the star that loves a mic more than anybody, Captain Lou, takes over, does a toast, then does an another toast. Jesse does a toast, then does another saying, and Jesse's first toast was to Alfred instead of the bride and groom, and then I guess the second toast was just basically to whoever, or look what I thought of. I don't know. Is anybody still listening to me? That's what kind of felt that was. Yeah. Then we have another toast by Captain Lou, because it's been three seconds since he's toast. Then Skylo Low and Captain Lou get into an argument, and then Captain Lou wants him to say the exact same thing that he just said to him in French. I guess to show off that Captain Lou can speak French. I don't, so I don't know what they said. And then we go to the star of the reception, Dr. D. Perhaps you, uh, Dr. D, uh, perhaps a toast to the bride and groom. No, I don't want toast nobody, man. You've been running around here talking to all the over here you've been talking to the Samoans you've been talking to English people you come here like I'm a piece of trash or garbage I don't want to toast nobody I toast myself is all I toast now you can get that mic out of my face because I'm feeling really hostile you know what I mean I've been feeling hostile all night towards everybody and I don't appreciate the way you people treat me so just I don't even want to talk to you right now I'm fixing to open this champagne and I just hope I hope it don't go in your face Dr. D. David Schultz weird place for the emergency broadcast system to do a test right in the middle of Dr. D talking, but it happens. You can't control those things. No, no. Well, it saved us some editing, I guess. I wish I knew what he said. <laughs> but who were the Englishmen that he was referring to? Everybody else? I guess. I don't know. It was English-speaking people? Two Alfreds or something, even though he supposedly doesn't drink, which is probably a good yeah. thing for his wife. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine him being nicer. He's probably a sweetheart when he's drunk. <laughs> probably. Anything you need me to get for you, honey? Let me fix you something to eat. Kids, you all okay? Want to go outside and throw around the ball? You want to eat them pizzas? Yeah, he's probably is. Oh, yeah. Awesome guy. Sure. And next up, it's dance time. Lou starts to show he's a little bit more intoxicated hmm. and starts burping into the microphone, which the other wrestlers find hilarious. And then he goes up and starts singing. Singing with the Samoans. Yeah. 
karaoke time. Interesting point with the singing. Were you able to determine what song was actually playing throughout any of this? No. I thought I had one or two, and then I turned it back and I listened to it. And I was like, yeah, it's not even close. But no. Okay, I was able to determine one, and that was Cool in the Gang Celebration. Because you can actually, even though they tried their damnedest to drown it out, you can still hear the band guy actually singing, and he's singing Celebrate Good Times. Come on. Oh, okay. So, that's definitely the song that was playing. Not that weird, jazzy music they were doing, but for the other ones, yeah, I couldn't really tell. I couldn't hear them singing, so I'm not sure what else they were playing. Yeah, well, you got me beat on that one. I couldn't find it. That was more towards the the end of the segment when they were doing midget dancing, but not to get too far ahead. Midget dancing? Yeah, midget dancing. They uh, start singing, and Vince and Alfred do a little bit of speculation on the green tongue relation thing with George and Betty. And after that, we go to a match, and it is a featured match. And would you like to tell them what a feature match means in WWF land? It's going to take forever. Pretty, pretty much. Yeah, this was a long match. Longer than the other two combined. It was a start-to-finish slobber knocker. 12 minutes of pure edge nail-biting excitement. Worth every minute. Starting to wonder what the Moondogs have on Vince, because, yeah, the last one that we had that was a real match, not a repeat, was also a Moondog versus Rocky Johnson, and it was a long match. I don't know. I mean, I guess I could see with Barry Wyndham's father being in, I guess they would want to give them some time. Maybe they're just good, good workers. I guess. Maybe the Moondogs were good workers. I don't know. Well, apparently not enough to be a tag team because the last two, they've split up and just put them in long single competition matches. But who knows? They know Bushwhackers, I'll tell you that. Nope, they are not. Well, Moondog Rex did look a little bit cleaner than Moondog Spot did two episodes ago. Even though I did thought he pissed his pants at one time, but it turned out that was just a patch. Uh Uh-huh, you say so. (laughs) Super long match. Did manage to get a gif out of it, though. At one point, we had Barry selling for Moondog and he hits them and he goes over the top ropes and directly into the steel barricade around the audience. In all fairness, it does look like he may have caught him either in the jaw or in the chest area with that elbow. And I think Barry needed to get out of there to regain his composure. It does look like he did connect. But surprising. As they're supposed to connect because it's real. Yes. Stas will learn that for us. Yes. Indeed. So on commentary was Gorilla Monsoon and Lord Alfred Hayes. And that was probably the most fun to listen to, at least. He would call Moondog Mooney. Didn't really have a nickname for Barry Wyndon. But in the beginning of the match, they bring off Lou Jenkins. Did you happen to catch anything on that? I didn't catch anything on Lou Jenkins. Uh, let me educate the masses. Yes. So, Lord Alfred Hayes was asking Gorilla Monsoon, since Barry Wyndham is hailing from Sweetwater, Texas, do you know anybody else from Sweetwater, Texas? And Gorilla Monsoon, well, I know a light heavyweight fighter that was from Sweetwater, Texas, I think. He was post-war times, and he said Lou Jenkins. Well, unfortunately, Gorilla Monsoon would be mistaken, but I can see where he would actually think that, so we'll give him a half, but not a full one, because it's not too bad. So, Mr. Jenkins, as he said, he was a light heavyweight. He had some of his fights back in the day near a pie shop in Sweetwater, 
and his nickname was the Sweet Water Swatter. Oh. And where he got that was from a fight he had against the lightweight champion, Lou Ambers, and he was swatting at Ambers all around, and on the third round, he knocked him out and became the new lightweight champion. And he has a pretty interesting story. I put a link out there for Facebook for it. He apparently believed in the stone-cold method of training of drinking. It did work for him. So that was, yeah, that was his training regiment. He would just go out drinking. It was the original lightweight stone cold drink and bait people up they live to be 64 so not too bad i guess for that time frame yeah that's something yeah you don't usually live past 60 yeah good try gorilla and i can see where you went wrong on it because it was named the Sweetwater swatter you would think oh, it must be from Sweetwater. no nope. what if it's been sarcastic Bilburn. i said uh-huh. he believed so i will give him credit he didn't say i know he is from Sweetwater, texas but nope <laughs> to end our match of 12 minutes we end up getting Barry Wyndham winning with his famous running bulldog over Moondog Rex. I listened for pings. The crowd was kind of noisy. I didn't hear anything that said take it home. So I'm guessing they were on time for this one. I concur. No pings, no dings. No silly looks from the announcer's table it looked like. So it was scheduled to go 12 and it went 12. We go back to dancing and this time we have Midget Mania. Midget Mania! As stated earlier, the band singing celebration. They're trying to drown them out as best as they can on the network so they don't have to pay for it. And they do a good job on the music, but I can still hear the guys singing. Oh, yeah. We get Ski Low Low up there and he wants to join in on the fun so it looks like actually didn't want to go at first like maybe he did and then he didn't so the Smoans were able to finally get him up there and they get him singing a little bit and while he's doing this Lou thinks he needs to be refreshed or is looking like he's hot so Captain Lou starts pulling up his shirt Smoans must be in on this too because they hold it open Lou grabs the nearest Coors Light and pours it down Skyline lose butt crack yeah i don't know what's going on then day and age crazy kids i'm telling you wrestling and beer just doesn't mix you had live tv you see a whole different side of all these guys an ugly side very ugly side. Indeed. And at the reception, I noticed that we did have mystery guests and they were also at the wedding. Never identified. Couldn't picture any of them. Thought maybe one might be Jim Barnett or something, but I looked up Jim Barnett 1984. That guy's not matching him. So I don't know who the two black guys and the one old white guy was. And then I think the other lady that was there, that blonde hair, her outfit looked a lot like George's, so I'm guessing she was his wife, even though she looked too pretty for him but whatever uh, who are you to judge yeah, exactly she looked younger is what i should say she looked like she was in his 30s and with him with his shaved head looks like much older he's in his 40 50s yeah, yeah. might have been his daughter for all i know i just couldn't picture father and daughter wearing almost matching outfits his and hers just a theory but him giving away the sister is probably what that is so after that we get dr d and he wants to teach betty how to treat a man and you'll have to watch that to hear his speech 
much, but just picture what we've heard off episode one and replace his thoughts about his wife, about someone else's wife, and you'll pretty much nail down the speech that he gave Betty. Yes, it's pretty much the, this is how you're supposed to treat your man. Not how you're supposed to treat your woman. This is how you're supposed to treat your man. Very 1980s, that country, get in the kitchen woman, so it's good. Fuji, Japanese style geisha, yeah. Without the culture. Yep, no culture. No class either. Next, we go to cake cutting, and they cut the cake, play some music, and Paul Vachon has to be reminded to cut the cake in half, and he cuts it a weird way. Just observational, made by me. Instead of cutting it down the middle long ways, he cuts it horizontally. Kind of weird. You think with a guy that's had six weddings, he would be a master of all this by now, but whatever. You know, sometimes you just can't get it all right the first time, or the fourth time, or the sixth time. So this cake cutting leads to Paul having some cake, and then he's going to feed a piece to his bride, and apparently Betty doesn't like eating cake. Just not for her. And this enrages Dr. D. Apparently is a cake man. He is a, he told you to do something, time for you to do it. This is the obey part. So Dr. D says, you don't like cake? Oh hell, I like cake. Takes a scoop of cake, puts it in his mouth, opens the rattle veil, and just lobs the whole thing of cake, which starts the food war of 1984. Yes, they magically had all these pies laying on every table throughout this whole segment, and no one touched them until now. If I didn't know that wrestling wasn't fake, I wouldn't think that they were there predetermined. Even the Samoans didn't get them. Nope, and they were hungry. They told us many times. Yeah, they come to eat. They didn't come to mess around. So we go from pies, pies, everywhere pies, and kind of get a drunken rage at one point. I don't like to throw around the word, but it kind of looks like a sexual assault was starting and Vince helped stop it maybe at one point. Did you happen to catch that or at least hear it? Hear the sexual assault? Hear the awful screams from Mrs. Executioner as she was being... Oh, oh yeah, as she was being dismantled yeah. clothing-wise by the Samoans. Vince is like, let me save the day before I get a lawsuit on my hands. Yeah, of course she didn't know what was going on so when Vince grabbed her, she started swinging. <laughs> you can obviously hear her say i got you <laughs> just wait and yeah they went to town yeah don't mix alcohol women in short skirts and wrestlers all in the same area so strip clubs in florida are not a good idea not on tv at least you can deny 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 if there's no tape but yeah if there's tape good luck yeah this day and age there's always tape exactly even as you see in 2017 1984 so vince rescues her and she starts to put together her outfit once he gets her out of harm's way she tries pulled together. Yeah, they go back and tables getting tossed a lot by Paul Vachon's brother Mad Dog. Chairs getting tossed along with still pies. David Schultz takes a Pepsi out, shakes it up, starts spraying that at people and the set falls down or the protected barrier of the set that was guarding the window and I took a screenshot of that because the poor lady in the background that obviously is not part of this TNT melee is already out there cleaning the drapes <laughs> as they're still just throwing stuff everywhere. I mean, they have Revival at six. <laughs> Reserved. I guess they're going to have to push that on board. You are not messing up my good drapes. That's right. 
These are all I have. Exactly. Took me forever to sew them. Don't mess with the drapes. Pie fight pretty much lasts seven minutes. It's like from 120 to the end of the show, pretty much. So it's almost as long as some of the wrestling matches, but not the featured match. It's crazy. It was worth suffering to the end. <laughs> I, I tried to go back a couple of times. I probably could do it a little bit better, but you could hear like people off mic talking and stuff like that. You could hear Betty talking a few times on there when she didn't have to talk on camera she was talking to someone else so Mm -hmm. nothing else that's a fun game to play let's try to make out what other people are actually saying probably talking about real stuff while we're fake listening to events especially when mad dogs are still on tables the producer holds up a little notepad (laughs) saying it's time to cut it we gotta go and vince just waves flailingly (laughs) (laughs) bye-bye everybody i guess that's the season finale goodbye end of 84 alfred wonders how 85 is gonna be for the new mayor couple and i'm sure we'll find out come 85 oh yeah that was the end of the episode they don't say next time on tnt or anything like that so since it is the end of 1984 it is a good stopping point for us for our first season congratulations to everyone that they listened from episode 1 to 18 yes thank you thank you for putting up with us exactly the year of 1984 first episode was very rough as we learned how to edit and how not to edit and hopefully it got somewhat better most of the time and i am learning about the different wrestlers and seeing them today and like for me i even went back and watched the old 2006 hall of fame wwe hall of fame i was like oh i know that guy i know that guy <laughs> all the jokes they were making and everything really felt more relevant to me then i had a better understanding of who they are and why they were in the hall of fame not just oh well, he's not dead well we get him <laughs> or he answered his phone and he can walk and talk so it, it can add a more a little more value you to my wrestling experience and i do find myself watching more old school wrestling than watching the new stuff oh fence your worst nightmare has come true the network is killing raw and smackdown oh yeah but raw and smackdown on the network good <laughs> i'm pretty sure that contract <laughs> infinity contracts probably in there for a good little while since he beat out ted turner yeah i'm pretty sure if they put it on the network our prices would go up to make sure they got that corporate dollar that they're getting from the advertisers now and speaking of the network I am not very happy about paying $9.99 a month and having to watch ads. Just saying. I feel you, man. Vince. I don't care about your five-hour energy drinks. I don't give a shit about your game. Let's just get on with what <laughs> I want to look for. I want a tight schedule as it is. I don't have time to watch ads. I'm paying for you. I don't need to watch ads. Exactly. Do like YouTube does. Come on. So this concludes our first season, but we're not done. We will be back with our second season, and we still have two specials to do between those. So we'll have a better timeline after the specials come out of when season two will start up. But ready to do some Texas? Texas! We've got a territory left that Bosley left us with. A monster. Yeah. That's just like people. Do the short little ones. You know, leave the real word to people. Yeah, we have four territories to cover in territory talk, because Texas was huge. So we will do that. We are out of TNT episodes, but there is a documentary out there that I think would go nicely with Texas. I think we shall do a podcast on that. Sounds like a good plan for me as well. I believe it's the Heroes of World Class Wrestling 
wrestling, and it's sort of like the rise and fall of WCCW, but it's told from a WCCW perspective and not a WWE. Hey, the rise and fall of WCW and ECW did well. Let's throw this one out there also perspective. Right. And we might even throw in a bonus E60 on Von Erichs, which is really short. We will see if we get all that covered in our next episode. Very cool. I'm excited to do it. Later to learn some more Texas history and kind of how a major territory got called up and see what happened to it. Yeah, it will be a good watch for sure. So did you notice anything in this episode besides my red dots that I pointed out? And of course, the format was all waxed because of this wedding. I thought we were going to have Attack of the Blue Line, but it ended up fading into a Be Right Back segment. I was a little disappointed. (laughs) That kind of teased me there twice. I was like, oh, 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 twice. Obviously, no bell bag, no lovelorn since it is a wedding special. I got my fill of Dr. D, uh, so I didn't, nothing out of the ordinary. It was different. (laughs) You can notice. Yeah, it was different. And the big bow that the Fink had on the microphone. They had a little bit of tracking issues with, besides the red dots, with Chunger and Oriana Monster and Wild Smoin match. It was just very lightly towards the bottom. It wasn't too bad. I noticed it more when they panned out. You could see some audience at the bottom and their shirts were like left and right of each other, but not too bad. It wasn't too distracting. Not bad for VHS tapes? No. Yeah, overall I thought it was pretty normal. Not too too bad on anything. Did a good job drowning out the music that they couldn't. We missed a Cindy Lauper music video for obvious we don't want to pay for that crap reasons. Maybe one day we'll see the original airing and be able to place it, but Network still thinked her anyway. Definitely. At least you still got recognition. There you go. So what was historical for December 18th, 1984? Derek Trebet. Not Alex. Son. But Derek Trebet. He is an American bass player and singer for Twisted Method and Dope, which is a metal band. Both of them. He was born December 18th, 1984. And the 73rd Davis Cup. Sweden beats the U.S. in Guthenburg 4-1. to one. You know what the Davis Cup is? <clears throat> Jim Davis. Hmm. No, we were looking for tennis. Oh, sorry. Tennis. I didn't know either. I had to Google Davis. What? 73rd? This is mold stuff. Yeah. Of course it's tennis. Why wouldn't it be? But Sweden beats us. We have the top five songs in the U.S. Coming in at number one, Madonna Like a Virgin. We have Duran Duran Wild Boys coming in at number two. Number three, we got Hollow Notes, Out of Touch. We got number four, The Honey Dripper, Sea of Love. And number five, we got New Edition, Cool It Now. You noticed your van wasn't no more. Shaka Khan can't last forever. Oh, you can do it they couldn't hold on and over in the good old uk we had band-aid do they know it's christmas still on there oh yeah. well, frankie goes to hollywood baby power for love still there number two we had wham last christmas and everything she wants we had paul mccartney and the frog course we stand together madonna's killing it even at number five like a virgin i have a feeling she'll be atop the charts for a while but i don't know take that cindy lopper exactly and that's everything i found that was historic and interesting at the last episode in 1984 As we mentioned, we're going to do some Texas. And then probably after that, we will have our end of season one award show. Ooh, am I getting an award? Are we giving each other awards? No, that would be immoral. I don't know. We're just going to do our best and worst of TNT for season one. Of categories like best interview, most entertaining interview, least entertaining interview, stuff like that. I'll tell you what, you do your best and I'll do my worst and we'll come together. (laughs) What do you want? 
You keep touching my leg. And with that being said, thank you for listening to the Tag Team Podcast. Download, download, download. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your friends of your family, tell your family's friends to download and listen to the Tag Team Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Tag Team Podcast. Join Jeff and John next week on a special edition to break down the heroes of world-class wrestling. Before we go any further, I must tell you this. There's some people here in this place that came here uninvited, and they only had to cause trouble because they don't like my brother the butcher. They don't like me. If they don't like you, they can't leave right now.